And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Mythbits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Mythbits. We are your hosts, Jenna and Joe Sparks, and this is episode 110. 110. The World of Mythbits. to the world of myth bits uh we are headed into christmas or the holiday season whatever you celebrate if you celebrate at all uh and we are returning from a week absent but there's a reason for that i promise uh, i'll get into that in a little bit first we have a lot to catch up on so we're gonna tackle housekeeping and then we have something kind of fun planned all right so, with all the good comes a bit of bad. Um, so, while Jason has, for the most part, remained steadfast in the entertainment production in all possible facets with uh, regulations and changes throughout the country, our first bit of news is some saddening news. Jason Professional Wrestling International is canceling all upcoming events through 2021. That means that not only was Christmas Chaos canceled, but Poetry in Motion, originally set for May, and October's Fright Fight are also canceled. But we are still hoping to keep Expo Explosion intact, depending on the pandemic. And so, if you've been listening, or if you receive the newsletter, which hopefully you do, um, because I say it every time <laughs> Dave or Stephanie or whoever's producing it puts it much more eloquently than I can uh, with with uh, my verbiage. Um, but you know that PCE has kind of had to take its place on the back burner for the foreseeable future. Um, again, with the pandemic constantly evolving and the state's regulation shifting and with COVID-19 numbers constantly rising and uh, perpetuating health and mortality risks... PCE is by no means canceled, uh, only postponed until we can reevaluate in about June or three months of no new reports of the virus, whichever comes first. Uh, so as much as we'd like PCE in 2021 to go by the book, unfortunately, it's an evolving uh, process that we all kind of need to, to navigate and act responsibly for and with and for the benefit of everybody. So that being said, I, I truly, truly believe that, um, you know, the silver lining aspect that PCE, when it returns, will be phenomenal because just because it's sitting on the back burner in terms of, of when it will happen does not mean that, you know, our brains and uh, thoughts aren't ticking on how to make it phenomenal. So, you know, at least there's that. There's there's some goodness out of that. That all being said, now we can kind of start moving into <laughs> more positive conversations. 
For example, Darker Myth uh, comic anthology is moving forward with Dark Myth Comics. Uh, it's it's with the effort to create a monthly comic series. The first issue will host six titles, all of which will be the number one in their string of series. The reader, upon finishing the book, uh, is guided to the website where they will be encouraged to vote on which title they want to see as a full series. On a sour note, uh, it's a big endeavor. <laughs> it's, it's huge. I think uh, about 150 pages worth give or take. So that means it's going to take a little bit of time to uh, manifest. But all good things are worth the wait, right? All right. And regarding Dark Myth Magazine, um, would you believe that come September 24th, 2021, the magazine will have 100 issues? What a magnificent accomplishment. Uh, but with that, also comes more shifts and changes, uh, though nothing devastating, don't worry. If you haven't heard up until now, you know Dave, uh, our editor-in-chief editor and, and the, the, the man behind the scenes, uh, who also painstakingly puts together each issue, is re-entering the workforce. In that act... Dark Myth will now enforce a much stricter deadline <laughs> for the 15th of every month. So be sure to try to be as mindful as you can for the new deadline. Um, balancing a work life, and, and we know that uh, Dave's schedule is going to be intense. And so we all kind of need to work together to make sure that uh, his balance is fair you know and that we all can kind of do our part to make sure it's as easy as possible um so in the same vein of dark myth the question was posed uh last couple weeks ago this month it was posed <laughs> i think we mentioned it on our last episode and then dave actually broadcast the question um on facebook would you be interested in including a button on your submissions where the reader can purchase your story from the Kindle store for 99 cents USD? So please, 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 please let us know your opinion on the matter. Um, anywhere you can post and tag us, whether it's um, on our Facebook page, in an email, on Instagram, wherever, you can just, just let us know your opinion. All right. And on the path to beginning to wrap the housekeeping up, which is still a bit, don't worry, uh, <laughs> another notion has been posed as Dave concludes season four of My Public Life as an American Nerd on the 30th, that leaves a spot open for that week, for the weeks. Uh, so it's officially being announced that we are looking for a new podcast to fill the void until the launch of season five. There are rules for you to keep in mind uh no material that is hate-filled nothing racist sexist or ableist um additionally no 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 copyrighted material up to and including audio and video only material that you yourself has made or produced and owns and only one submission please that's really it that's all all we need um 
So if you're interested, you can send your podcast as an MP3 or a link to a downloadable MP3 to podsearch at jzomon.com. So keep in mind, too, that file should be no more than 70 minutes and no less than 45 minutes. No background music, clear and concise audio, and preferably an intro tune. Just make sure your submission is labeled clearly, as well as the name of your show and a description of the show and the episode. And a link where the podcast can be found online. All right. Dark Myth Publications, as well as the entirety of Jay Zomon, uh, would like to congratulate Gabriella Balcom once again for her novelette, Worth Waiting For, for becoming an Amazon.com bestseller. Congratulations, Gabriella. That's pretty awesome. And in case you haven't heard, our very own beloved Stephanie J. Barty, uh, her novel, The Chosen, was published on December 8th. So a huge, 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 huge congratulations to these ladies for their amazing efforts and abilities. And I cannot wait to get my hands on a copy, which if you receive the newsletter, you will have been uh, offered a pretty cool little gift. So uh, I suggest if you haven't, get the newsletter. Just go to theworldofmyth.com and you're going to find it. Uh, and, And it's totally, totally worth it. All right, so that's going to wrap us up for housekeeping. That was a lot. I'm a little out of breath. (laughs) So much like the month of October where we did everything uh, kind of on this this spooky spectrum, we kind of wanted to do that with the World of Myth bits uh, December (laughs) because... Like Halloween, I love Christmas. I love anything Christmas themed. I love the holidays. It's just, it, and it's funny too because it's not like throughout the year I love Christmas. Like I I hate Christmas from December twenty sixth to November. We'll say Thanksgiving, honestly. Then for about a month, I'm just like tunnel vision Christmas it's all I want it's like the only media I want to intake like if you try to get me to watch or read or do anything that is not centered around Christmas I am going to be very begrudging about it I'll do it but I'm not going to be thrilled about it so in that you know kind of that semblance we know it's been a dumpster fire of a year. There's been a lot of death, a lot of loss, a lot of um, mental health awareness, a lot. I mean, it's just been a lot to take in for a single year. So we kind of wanted to try to do some fun stuff and um, try to make it creative, kind of try to take it into uh, a try to format something that might not be considered like a literary topic and take it into a creative standpoint where other creatives can can enjoy it and uh kind of feel their their inspiration and creativity just kind of nest you know that's that's our goal every podcast but in particular the holiday season I think uh it's it's more important because I for one feel most creative uh around December maybe that's what it is I just like I want to make I want to create I want to 
draw, I want to write, I want to, I want to do like everything. Um, and unfortunately, it's it's just like thirty days of compactedness that I can't do everything. So I'm going to kind of get that energy out with this podcast. So I'm going to pose a question to you. Um, What is it about the holiday season that like the minute it kicks in and you know, like that you know for you, uh, not the, the sale ads or things like that, but like what, what kind of, uh, instigates that little, like, uh, magical burst in your tummy tum for Christmas? It's the temperature. I enjoy the cold. Okay, Laura, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true, because I think, like, and it's kind of like that with autumn, there's a certain point when the temperature just shifts. Like, even though where we live, there's kind of constantly, like, a breeze um there's a shift in that breeze and so it's like when there's like that little nip in the breeze when you're kind of like oh it's fall it's the same thing with with winter when it kind of kicks in and it's like oh the temperature uh of the the breeze or i don't know it's just i get it like it's just something you feel right right I think it's too, it has to do with the weather because of a psychological effect, such as if you're to watch a movie based around the beach in the summertime, you know. Uh, you're going to feel that. Yeah, and in direct relationship to the actual weather, you know. So if you are to um, have a winter movie, per se, and you're watching the winter movie within the wintertime, it just really pulls yeah everything together yeah you know um speaking of which we both made lists of our top holiday movies or in my case i went winter movie (laughs) because that's what i said about the temperature needing to be just right and these movies i feel also need to be uh almost prefaced with the season yeah have to go hand in hand my number one on this list we're only doing 10 also we did not uh share our lists with each other we wanted to kind of keep it a surprise uh so this is the first time we're kind of hearing the logic (laughs) so okay go ahead what's your number one that's because you wanted to go with a christmas themed right and then my brain immediately went into you know what (laughs) <laughs> want to do winter themed to base around the holiday season anyways so like i said my number one obviously it's probably your number one as well maybe not i think maybe i have an inkling what your number one is mine just friends that one didn't even make my list <laughs> i feel horrible it's in my honorable mention you're a monster <laughs> i no no okay i'm not gonna take over your podcast go, or your part go ahead <laughs> Obviously, my number one is Just Friends because, well, it's Just Friends. <laughs> you know, it's a masterpiece of the film. Encapsulates everything. I went and saw that in theaters when it came out. Well, it's iconic. And I think to this day, like, you and I just still quote the movie. And it's just, it's 
I don't know. It's one of those movies that like never not makes me laugh. Right. It, it, even we we did a little snippet for the podcast at the end of one with the joke. Oh yeah, we did. Dinkleman. <laughs> Dinkleman. Uh, funny note too. I was I if I had the money, uh, there's the app Cameo, um, where you can like hire uh, celebrities to send you a message mm. for like a set amount. And uh, what's his face? Oh my gosh, um, the actor Chris Klein, he who played Dusty and Just Friends, he had his on there. So I was like very tempted. He said, "If I had the funds, I was going to have him do one for you <laughs> <laughs> for Christmas." I just thought that would be so funny. I can only imagine like a lot of those <laughs> actors, and they're really again. I know, and I feel really bad. So come on. Come on, Dusty. <laughs> like, come on, Dusty. Just did three of these this morning. <laughs> All right. What's your number two? What was your number one? Oh, we're doing this. Okay. Um, My number one mm-hmm. <laughs> was Love Actually. Well, I'm not, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know that Love Actually has kind of poorly aged since it was released in the early 2000s because things have changed. And there is a lot of problematic material in this film. Uh, A lot of creepy material in hindsight. Uh, The fact that Keira Knightley was essentially a child. Uh, (laughs) It just, there's a lot about this film that is very imperfect but if you kind of go into it with that idea the fact that it's imperfect I think is what makes it so perfect because it's like we're nobody is perfect nobody there's things that just change and shift and I think this movie like is a really good example of that and it shows these flaws it shows these um you know like really really traumatic events for a lot of these characters um and, I mean, you've got a phenomenal cast. Who doesn't love watching Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman together? Bill Nye as a raunchy rock star. I mean, it's just, it's to me, it's perfect. It, when I watch Love Actually, that's when I, f- like, am, am here. Like, in Christmas mode. Because it's just a sappy, goofy, sweet, earnest movie to me. And uh, I am 100% aware that it is not aged well (laughs) but I still love it and I think the stories are interesting and very realistic not always relatable but very realistic and I respect that for them being able to write these stories like that um you know somebody who whose life revolves around their sibling who you know is is mentally ill or somebody whose husband was having an affair or somebody who has just lost their partner I think all of these things just really kind of ring true to life and I love that so there's my little spiel on love actually and its defense (laughs) all righty so my number two is going to be obviously Scott Pilgrim versus the world um, everybody, I'm sure, who is listening to this podcast knows exactly <laughs> what that movie is, so no need to go on. But uh, that one mainly, it's because of the entire environment 
um, Canada the snow and in Canada it's yeah. always Christmas I'm right. gonna stick Stephanie on you <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know that definitely that has to be number two on there what's yours alright you ready for my next spiel sorry guys I I have this in my brain I have a lot to say mm-hmm. uh, so it happens when we don't record regularly mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I want to preface this with my list, it kind of took me a minute to really conceptualize because, of course, I wanted to go with classics, but I also really wanted to include movies that um, are newer because, obviously, the newer the film, the more, uh, I'm going to say progressive the, the film is in that regard. So, my number two, big surprise if you've been talking to me. Uh, in the past month, is Happiest Season. Now, this movie just came out on Hulu. It is by the iconic Clea Duvall, um, who wrote it alongside the, actually, the actress who plays one of the characters. Um, And it is a beautiful LGBTQ story. And that's, I've learned, like, all I really want in my films anymore. And it has received a lot of harsh criticism because of the way it moves but I think the way it moves much like Love Actually it's very real you know it's not everybody's story is the same especially um not everybody who is is uh on the just in the community whose story you know not everybody has a happy coming out story not everybody has an easy coming out story not everybody has the perfect ideal story and it's not always teenagers who are affected in this way so I love this movie I also love seeing Kristen Stewart uh playing somebody like this who is just a kind of silly goobery adorable um character because <laughs> it's, it's it just it fit her so well and um I don't know again with an amazing cast and I will watch anything starring Daniel Levy, so I'm a little biased. But yeah, no, this this movie I think is is impactful, important, beautiful. I cried at the whole thing. I've watched it multiple times so far since its release, and I love it more and more each time I watch it. Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Has really nothing to do with Christmas. I mean, the movie is Christmas based. No, it is but, based. Yeah. Right. Like really, and jo- we were actually talking about this. The other day, how it's most Christmas movies, a lot of them, where there's really no magical element, they could just be, they could be a movie that takes place in summer, you know, (laughs) or a story. Like, the fact that it's Christmas has very little to do with the actual story. Right. So, you know, okay. (laughs) So I think that's where it comes in when you're saying, like, the, the, the weather, the temperature. Yes, the the environment. That's, that's pretty much what my list was based on. Because... You, you can have a thousand honorable mentions on here. You know, movies that I didn't even think about making my list to, <laughs> to the top, but still are mentionable. Yeah. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, right? Oh, yeah. Grumpy, grumpy Old Men. <laughs> Happiest Season, right? <laughs> it was a good movie. Um, so, you know, it's all about environment. All right. What's your number three? Uh, the Weatherman. Mm. Right? 
with a screenplay written by Stephen Conrad and directed by Gore Verbinski. This classic tale follows David Spritz as he navigates his life through family as well as turmoils of that and as a TV personality, hence The Weatherman. Instant classic. What, uh, what do you have down for three? All right, so my number three, again, if you know me, but you guys are getting to know me, uh, is Harry Potter slash Fantastic Beasts. I also want to preface this one with uh, 100% in support of our trans community. Love them. Uh, trans women are women. Um, yeah, so we will not speak of she who shall not be named. Uh, but in that vein, Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts, for me, are my comfort zone and I know it's like that for a lot of people which is why a lot of the controversy that's happening is really 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 uh, tumultuous and hurtful so I want to kind of keep this short but sweet um the fandom the fandom owns these stories I think and I think that's where that comfort comes in because it's almost like if you if you are a part of the fandom you can talk to any other fan and it's gonna feel like you guys are are each other's Weasleys in a way, you know, and it's just there's that like connection and friendship and it's very pure and um, it's it's been a huge part of my life. And so every holiday season, of course, they they air it on TV like religiously, which I'm fine with. It's just the the again, the setting and everything, even though it's not uh, per se a, a Christmas story the blips that occur at Christmas where it just kind of feels like home and Fantastic Beasts. I'm going to play devil's advocate because I know a lot of people do not like Fantastic Beasts. Um, I personally love Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> the first one was actually set in uh, December and the scene with uh, Newt and Jacob uh, in the Macy's in 1920s uh new york was just I, I that's like i don't know there's something very visually pleasing about that entire scene that just makes me feel very christmasy <laughs> just the way it's arranged and i don't know it's just it's it's an absolute comfort for me i hope fans who maybe were impacted by the author's words um can recognize that these stories are so much bigger than the author and their um, belittling of people because their stories ingrained something very different in us all. So that's my take on that. Uh, <laughs> what's your number four? The Family Man. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Another Cage classic. Um, this classic Christmas tale also co-stars Tia Leone and Don Cheadle, which Don Cheadle actually appears twice on my list as well, interestingly enough. Um, looks like we've got a uh, screenplay by David Weissman and David Diamond and directed by Brett Ratner. This is a classic family tale of the what could have happened versus what did happen Old Switch Rooney. It is a instant Christmas classic, in my opinion. What uh, would you have on four? <laughs> so again, with my uh, modern film, 
Again, this list was very hard to curate. I chose the film Noelle. Noelle was a Disney Plus exclusive, came out last year, stars Anna Kendrick as um, the daughter of Santa Claus and her brother, played by Bill Hader, who is uh, in line to be the next Santa. I love this movie. <laughs> like, it genuinely, you know, the biggest factor for me, and, and especially in, like, my list so far, have been representation. And what I love about Noelle is um, our niece is deaf. And in Noelle, there are there is a deaf girl. And when Noelle... Uh, starts talking to her using ASL, American Sign Language, I just, like, I crumble. I cry so hard every time I see that stupid scene. And my niece is so thrilled. She's seven, and she just loses it because she's seeing herself. She's seeing herself talking to this elf, to Santa Claus's daughter. And for the first time, she can really kind of carry along with this film. And it just, for me, it's like, it's a personal relationship. On top of that, you see um, Santa as a woman. Like, okay, I know you guys are sick of my rhetoric right now, but I think it's just a cute, sweet notion. I love that this movie, which is aimed at kids, doesn't have a romance story because it doesn't need one. I love that it's just about these. It's just, it's a good, sweet movie. Watch it. Share it with your family. I'm mad at myself that I haven't forced Joe to watch it yet. Because <laughs> I try to make you watch everything <laughs> that I watch. I like Andrew Kendrick. Well, then I'm going to make you watch this one. Oh, yeah. It's so cute. It's just, it's a happy one. I It makes me genuinely just happy. And the humor is on par. So, I nice. love it. Okay. Go on. You're number five. Uh, it's going to be a classic on this one. It is going to be National Lampoon's. Christmas Vacation. It's obviously a classic. No need for descriptive <laughs> terms on this one. Everybody knows what this one is. It is a diamond, and we'll just leave it at it. No. Well, I think it's kind of funny. You know, like, the one thing about a lot of the films and stories that kind of comes out that I think shift or, or shapes our view on the holiday season is... Uh, middle class you know you see so many like representatives with these like perfect houses uh the perfect setup for christmas they have you know gorgeous trees and i love that like national lampoon because obviously it was a different time the economy was completely different so um you know it's like their vast and painful normalcy <laughs> was the most relatable because it's just, it was like, just everything, the absurdity of it is the true reality, I think, of most Christmases. Uh, especially if you have uh, family <laughs> who, you know, Randy Quaid is your cousin. I'm sorry. Um, but have fun with that. <laughs> if Randy Quaid is listening right now, please be my mentor. <laughs> All right. This is my turn. You're not going to say anything else after that. All right. I'm uh, pilot. I fly. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. I might get punched in the face for this because I feel like my list is not that creative. Uh, but I went with my, my gut and what makes me happy. And my number five is Elf. Now, <laughs> when you and I first got together, you hated Will Ferrell. 
Like, there was just something that you could not stand about Will Ferrell. And then, like, I don't know, a couple years ago, you're just like, I don't even know why I hated Will Ferrell. Like, so I think that's kind of funny because in that same vein, I feel like Elf is a story that very much unlike Love Actually has actually aged very, like, it's, it's fine. You know, it's aged just fine, except for the shower scene. But that one was pure innocence on that part. Uh, it's just a feel good movie. It's so absurd, so ridiculous. And I know it makes every single best Christmas film list ever. And I should be more original, but I can't because it's just that fun. It's just fun. And Will Ferrell is fun. And I just, I don't know. It's, it's iconic to me and funny. I would not use the word hate. I did not hate him. Okay. You (laughs) could not withstand him for a long enough period to watch a full comedic yeah i think if he was more of a supporting actor at the time and in time in my it's not it's not you it's me buddy okay it or it wasn't you it was me (laughs) you know um at the time if it was a supporting actor like old school like in old school that was top notch or wedding crashers or wedding crashers mom Um, (laughs) yeah but when you know at the time in my life if he had a main role then i it got kind of kind of rough for me now i I definitely like his roles in his films has your opinion on elf changed yeah, it's 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 a it's a good movie. It didn't really make my my list on here. But <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> Joe's the one who really went outside the box on this list. Yeah. I did not. Okay, what's your number six? Number six, Bad Santa. Um, this movie's classic, you know. Uh, and then they, I I saw a Bad Santa too. Um, <clears throat> But we we don't have to talk about that. We don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> Much like Joe Dirt, too. like Joe Dirt too. I just I saw Joe Dirt too. I, I I don't want to thrash the vision of Joe too, you know. Um, but um, there's some kinks that could have worked down, you know. Um, You're so kind. Yeah, I'm not sure <laughs> what, what more I could say on that, but. Yes, Bad Santa is number six because it is a classic Hollywood movie for the Christmas season. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's I try. I, tr- I I don't hate the movie or dislike it even. It just, for me, like, it's such a um, sobering movie, <laughs> which I, funnily enough. So it's one of those stories, like, as, I don't want to say realistic, but I mean, like, I think because we all know that character in our life like there is just somebody in our lives who is like that and we i know i try to distance myself (laughs) so uh but i love lauren graham and i love that she uh has a santa kink and i think that's hilarious and um yeah that's probably my favorite part of the movie (laughs) seeing laura like gilmore uh be naughty little yeah <laughs> yeah what do you got for six <laughs> our list like how are we even together <laughs> honestly at this point my number six is how the Grinch stole christmas by ron howard 
<laughs> because Wait, I, was that Jim Carrey one? The Jim Carrey one. Um, I'm a sucker, guys. It's there's really nothing about that movie that like is realistically great. Uh, the makeup effects are absolutely beautiful. Uh, you know, it's I. Jim Carrey, of course, like there's no denying, like Jim Carrey was perfect for the the role, um, and such taking such a classic story. I think Ron Howard did everything he could to keep the spirit very much intact with with the way the film was pre- pre- presented. Good God, um, and so it again has become kind of this comfort movie and. Every Christmas Eve, my ritual, I have my ritual. I stay up all night. I start the minute the kids go down. I start. There are no Christmas presents under our tree until Christmas Eve at like midnight. And I stay up all night wrapping and getting everything ready. Um, This year I've decided I'm going to split it into two nights because I don't think my body is going to allow me to do it one night. But I binge all my Christmas movies. I binge them all month long, but I have like my order. And this one is usually the one I start off with. It's just like it it kicks my brain into that like fantastical, magical, silly place. And again, I'm a sucker. I cry every time. Please do not shame me for my emotions. It's just a sweet, precious movie. Um... And who doesn't like t- uh, the, the, the fun transitional stage of seeing Taylor Momsen shift from Cindy Lou Who to the lead singer of The Pretty Reckless? Uh, yeah, buddy. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Um, so, yeah. So, again. Can I get an amen? <laughs> I'm a sucker. Um, you know, I have Where Are You Christmas stuck in my head. So, thanks, guys. All right. <laughs> number seven. For number seven, I went with The Night Before, a newer film by Evan Goldberg and his crew. This classic tale has uh, everything the holidays promises, plus more. You know, you got uh, Michael Shannon as a uh, <laughs> guardian angel who it just uh, looks over the boys, you know. And uh, you got Lizzie Kaplan in there. It's just, it's, it's a good time. Good wholesome family fun right there. It's probably my favorite Michael Shannon role. And I will die for Michael Shannon. Like, he is my hands-down favorite actor in the entire world. I will watch anything with him. In this movie, I was crying laughing so hard. And so, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, didn't mean to take that over. Yeah, so it is indeed a new classic. Yeah. Uh, What did you have? Um, So, again, with the new classics, kind of, you know, like the rest of my list. Um... I put in Last Christmas. Again, we didn't watch it until recently. And it amazed me. Like, so many people hated on this movie because they hated the twist, which I'm not going to get into. Um, I just, A, seeing, like, Amelia Clark kind of right after uh, Game of Thrones was seeing her in, like, this cute role was just precious. It just was a movie that, like, again, I'm, I like sappy, so I cried. And I, I really liked the twist. I thought it was really good storytelling. 
interesting storytelling. Um, you can kind of guess the twist, but I mean, like, there's only so many routes you can go with twist endings in Christmas-themed movies, honestly. Um, and again, Emma Thompson, who is just precious, and um, I worship her, so... And she was actually, she wrote it with her husband. And it's just, I don't know. To me, it was like a a good, precious kind of movie story. Like, and, and funnily enough, Joe and I, you and I, we were trying to conceptualize a story. And we wrote the story before we had seen the movie. And I just thought it was kind of funny how it was Emma Thompson and her husband wrote Last Christmas. And then you and I before watching it had written pretty much the same story <laughs> so a little biased okay i enjoyed the little special editing trick they use with their eyeliner too <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of christmas eyeliner no we have we have theorized uh that if you watch any film with in particular a woman who is being portrayed as messy in life or uh, you know, in a disastrous state, uh, her makeup is going to be very raccoon style. And only until the end when she, quote unquote, gets her life together, uh, does that thick eyeliner go away. And I'm like, what? That's like such a weird, a weird thing. But think about it, guys. Absolutely. Because I there. came over and I sauntered over and I said, oh, hey, is that? Dark eyeliner coming back. I like he. <laughs> and yeah. then I had to tell him <laughs> the truth about women no, in the as media. As soon as she transforms into an actual self-respecting person, the eyeliner disappears. <laughs> yeah, apparently. It's like, what? Uh, what? Yay. I like that eyeliner. Yay, tropes. All right, uh, what's what your next one? Uh, yeah, eight. Okay, number eight is going to be Rain Over Me. So, uh, obviously, everybody here has saw that movie, too. I do not need to go into explanation. Don Cheadle is in it, and Adam Sandler, who Adam, which is interesting because Adam Sandler also makes two appearances on this. <laughs> uh, so, I actually have, like, doubles of actors. Interesting. I have Emma Thompson. She's my double. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that one was a good one. That one is... I love... Seeing Adam Sandler in serious roles. Um, so, yeah. That one's a good one. That's a great one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's number eight great. Number eight great. Well, I mean, I don't know if I can actually put these in, like, in order of the numbering. But... Yeah, that one was really hard. So, a lot of these, like, I think are very, like, transitional. You know, like, they don't... Yeah. Interchangeable. The way that I saw it is if you could put these on you know um during the winter time and and watch them over and over again oh yeah you know? well I, yeah because that's one of my things i just rewatch. yeah and to hell with anybody who doesn't want to watch them with me because <laughs> they're on <laughs> all right my number eight big surprise if you uh i keep saying if you know me uh you guys know me well enough to know that at some point this is going to show up on the list. Krampus. It is iconic to me. I'm currently drawing Krampus. And I love Krampus. Um, I love the story. The story is basic. There's nothing 
super unique about the story because there didn't need to be like that wasn't the uh, the driving factor the driving factor was the fact that there was this uh, ancient being who was punishing boys and girls and that's it that's all we needed <laughs> and um, of course you have the emotional aspect um, with uh, Max's grandmother and, and you know, all those little things. But sorry, uh, because I tried to keep everything else very story-oriented, in my opinion. This one, like I said, does not fall in that category. But uh, if you are a nerd like me, you know who Weta Workshop is and uh, how amazing they are. And the minute... I saw the character design of Krampus and the elves and all the toys. I lost it. I could not tell you a more beautiful practical effect um, in terms of creation and to see the way they engineered these these creatures. Uh, holy crap, the artist in me before I I really kind of went down the path I did I really wanted to be a special effects artist and um so it just like when I when I see Krampus's face when I see everything like I just I love everything about it and I have so much respect for the artists and creators and puppeteers and everybody at what a workshop who worked on this film um who works on any film really and so, yeah, like, that's what I mean about, like, practical effects, because I just, that makes me so happy. I'm very sorry. That was a long tangent over one thing. Um, I also love the ending of that movie. I think the ending was a very fitting ending, and I don't think there's any other ending for that movie. And, uh... Perish well. <laughs> My number nine is a 2002 classic written by Adam Sandler, Alan Covert, Brooks Arthur, Brad Isaacs, directed by Seth Kearsley. And this tale takes us through the Hanukkah season from the viewpoint of from Davies Stone. And it is actually based more so around Hanukkah because of Sandler's, well upbringing and um it just oozes delight and creativity and everything the holiday season needs shaving it yes <laughs> <laughs> all right my number nine uh again somebody i think uh unfortunately this is one of his only films and you can correct me please correct me it has a person of color in it and that's really sad uh is batman returns uh Again, a movie that absolutely ha did not have to take place during Christmas, but the Christmas aspect adds so much fun to it. Uh, and I'm a sucker for Michelle Pfeiffer. I'm a sucker for Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. I am a sucker for Michelle, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer as a mess as Catwoman with her crazy eyeliner. Need I say more? <laughs> um... No, there's just like there's so much um uh so many iconic aspects to this film and why like it's 
as favored as it is. And uh, to me, Michael Keaton is the best Batman. And uh, please don't beat me up. <laughs> and I just, I don't know. Like, it's one of those movies that to me is just like a wild, out there, classic Tim Burton story. And I love it. I love it so much. Now that your rose is in Wrong blue. Batman, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All I can think of is Batman and, and Seal. That's it. That's it. Number 10. Final. Uh, number 10 for me is actually going to be Love Actually. Mm. Right, so we actually have one in common on the Interesting. list. It is. I Link always felt like I was forcing you to watch it. It was Lincoln's baby faces to do. Yeah. That's what it is. I'm like, mm, watch out. No beard. Okay. And sitting there and protecting art in the name of art. Yeah. Well, it, it's just an overall good film for Christmas and holiday and. Feel good. Yeah, it's good stuff. Feel sad. Feel good. Yeah. All of the above. What do you have? Mine was a tie. But I think I'm going to err on the side of caution. No, I'm going to name them both. Um, I had Jingle Jangle, which is a new one that came out this year and Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, Jingle Jangle, if you haven't watched it, is so freaking fun. The music is perfection. The aesthetic is stunning and inspire i mean like watching it my eyes just light up like a kid seeing uh christmas lights for the first time it's just so pretty the costume design the set design everything that made this film was perfect um the story was again not wholeheartedly unique but it was beautiful and it fit everything because you had the, the music aspect to it. It was just a really cool movie um, that I love. Like, and, and I've watched it twice now and I plan on watching it several more times uh, this season because it's just that like uh, infectious in, in the joy and the delight. And I really, I just really like that one. Like I said, the aesthetics are beautiful. The, the Victorian uh, garb I am a sucker for with that, like, steampunk vibe. It's just a really cool, cool, like, design of a film. And yeah. then, again, Nightmare Before Christmas. Can't can't help it. Uh, Catherine O'Hara is my queen. And um, Danny Elfman is um, somebody who's very respected in this household, I think. And uh, I just, again, I, I love interesting takes and i think this one was a very interesting story and um catchy i think we all have some memory of this film even before it became very popular i remember when this film was not popular at all um when i was a kid and i remember it being like the the odd one and then it became super popular and now it's kind of uh I don't want to say overrated or anything. It's just like, it's kind of like Elf, where it's like everywhere. And um doesn't make it any less inter entertaining. It's just like, it's everywhere. <sighs> what do you have for honorable mentions? Just a real quick list. I have The Holiday, 
I think is a very underrated film. Um, I love Kate Winslet. I love Jude Law. I love Jack Black. Again, a very white cast. Jeez Louise, this needs to change. Uh, <laughs> but I love the, I, I just, it's a story. Again, I cry every time I watch it. Um, I, I, uh, Iris's house is like my dream house. If I could move to the UK and live in a beautiful cottage, uh, that you hit your head on the stairs going up or down, want it, the Santa Claus, because who doesn't love Tim Allen and who doesn't love, uh, this movie. It's just, again, one I watch like on repeat the holiday season. It's funny minus the fat shaming. It's silly. It's sweet. I, just it's one of those good ones um the christmas chronicles which is one i actually also saw recently is so much fun so ridiculous <laughs> this movie has everything uh from goldie hawn and kurt russell being mr and mrs santa claus uh to just it's it's a, a wild kooky ride and you're just like what is happening 99 of watching this and that is exciting for me. It's just a silly, silly, funny, cute movie. Kurt Russell is a delightful Santa Claus. Um, a Muppet Christmas Carol. Because you cannot not include the Muppets. Um, and that's really all that needs to be said about that. And Rise of the Guardians. Which I think we can both agree is a phenomenal film. A phenomenal story. Uh, they went there in a children's film and it paid off. And again, another movie that makes me cry every time I watch it and I watch it. I will watch that one year round. Because it has all the holidays. Oh, the, uh, the Guardians. Yeah. So I will watch that one year round. Oh, yes, that makes Jude Law showing up twice. But Jude Law showed up in my honorable mentions. And one of my main picks. Yeah, <sighs> I, I definitely would agree on a lot of those. Um, like I said earlier, though, too, you have grumpy men, grumpy old men, rather. Yeah. Um, and then you also have uh, Scrooged. Scrooged should be up there on the honorable mention. Gremlins, which I watched um, earlier. Yeah, Gremlins should be up there. Like the cl a lot of the classics on there, you know, are, are definitely up there. But they also need to make room for the newer films. That exactly. That's through, why I, I kind of thought about like my list and why I wanted to implement some of these newer stories because like again like noel or jingle jangle like these movies where it's just like these unique concepts you know and 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 even happy uh happiest season which they're just i don't know like holiday movies in the past like couple years are really knocking it out of the park in my opinion and i think that they're painfully underrated and i hope that they yeah uh you know one film that needs to be really up there and it almost actually did make the list and it probably should have on the 10 spot but i'd make a little room it was four christmases that one's a fun one with vince vaughn and he, come on no that one's a fun one. like the first scene when he comes through and <laughs> they create the dialogue at the bar that's great that one is a fun one i do like that one you know and then his family's all in the wrestling when he goes home that's a good one even Christmas the Cranks was a good one. Yeah, that was good. A lot of people hate that movie. I think it's funny. Again, like Tim Allen, he's funny. Mm -hmm. And even uh, Jingle All the Way. Yeah. Uh, there's so many movies, like so so many. But I think trying to navigate like the the nostalgia 
versus what we get out of it now as adults is kind of where I'm going with that. It's kind of like when you watch Home Alone. Yeah. And then you really think about Home Alone and you're like, what is going on here, buddy? You know? But um, that's like that's one of those things where it's just like a nostalgia effect. Exactly. You know, um, so that's where you gotta be careful with nostalgia in film and trying to remain uh, objective. Nice. But then again, you know, on that hand, like as a creative, it's it's true. You kind of need to remain objective. Uh, but like just as a as a human being, <laughs> like who's trying to enjoy life and not be uh riddled with skepticism you know like i said like love actually like there's a lot of problematic aspects but like it still just makes me feel happy when i watch it and so i think that's kind of important like how the grinch stole christmas it's weird it's a wild ride there is a lot happening in rod howard's mind where you're just dude are you okay like are the drugs are they kicking in okay not to insinuate that Ron Howard does drugs. Hmm. Just saying that movie is like an acid trip, but it makes me happy. Like it's just silly, but it's also nostalgia. And I think it's okay to grasp onto nostalgia because obviously like there's a reason that it's in our head as being something positive. Um, and I think that's nice. I think that's, that's one of the, the beauties that we are very much allowed to reclaim during the holiday season is that like that innocence and that magic and that, you know, like, you don't have to believe in um, magic per se, but it just, it's as an adult, like, it kind of helps, it kind of, it just helps you kind of feel it again, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I like feeling it, I like, I like remembering the magic. Right. I guess as an mm. adult. So, that's my take. I know this episode was not uh food for fodder, you know, like uh something for for everybody to kind of that was a very, you know, intelligent conversation, but we wanted to have fun and just kind of spread some some interest and if you guys are like oh, I don't know what movies to watch you have the cheese ball in me the one who likes the sappy and the corny and then you have this guy who likes the very serious uh <laughs> serious dramatic roles to wash over to make you contemplate your existence your and existence. have an existential crisis for Christmas <laughs> it's a gift that keeps on giving <laughs> so yeah so I hope you guys enjoyed it um and next week we kind of have something fun planned again and hopefully you'll enjoy that um so again uh just want to wish you well and until next week uh you can find us at the world wide web at theworldofmyth.com also on facebook and twitter at the world of myth bits podcast and the world of myth magazine and on Instagram at the World of Myth Bits. And that'll do it for us this week. Thanks for listening. Until next time. The World of Myth Bits. Why the worst has happened? Covered in human feces.